Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Shreyas. And let's talk sports. Amateur Hour. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 440. Of amateur hour, we have some spice to say the least. Did you straight? You know, we always do. I don't know. I don't know what the people expect at this point, but each episode is just consistently hot. Just straight sriracha. Straight sriracha. Speaking of that, I actually had pho yesterday, and mm. uh, several of the people who I was with put in too much of their own spice and could not finish their soup. Well, in the pho, do they put any peppers in it already? No, no, it came, it, it was, the, the spice was up to the individual. Like they had, they brought out all the sauces and the peppers. So you could just take it and just pour it uh, into your broth. Uh, and so people just did that and they did too much. Is it one of those things where like you're in a group and you're like, oh, I can handle it, guys. Don't worry. I'm going to put, like, you know what I mean? Like you're trying to one up the person next to you. And so just so you can say, oh, you only, you know, you know how much sriracha I have, right? Like. Yeah, just oh, you guys. Yeah, I'm kind of a, I'm pretty cultured actually. I, I can really handle my spices. <laughs> so check this out. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it was. I think it was one of those. I personally did not. I just put in like the sweet. I can't remember what kind of sauce it was. Just to make it a little oh, bit the, like the sweeter. hoisin sauce. Yes, yes, and that mm, love it. Delicious. Yeah, it was. It was absolutely fantastic. Fun. And you know, like when you have a good soup, mm, good soup. Um, <laughs> when your nose starts Brothy running. Broth. <laughs> when your nose starts running in my book that's a mark of a good soup yeah well the whole i feel like it should have some sort of like sinus relief every time you're you're doing like a broth or a soup or mm -hmm. see with like tomato soup and stuff i can't just have like a plain tomato soup i gotta add like a decent amount of pepper because like otherwise it's just like the experience isn't like multifaceted i'm like oh this is a tomato that someone crushed up with their hands and throw I, in my bowl. <laughs> right. Okay. I, I see what you say. Right. You need to have, well, like it's got to have some spice. There's got to be a sandwich next to it. It's got to have like, you can't just have plain broth. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Well, yeah. yeah, it's, it's interesting too. There's different types of spice. I would say not, not, I'm not talking about like sure. individual flavors, but I'm talking about like how people season and spice things. Like sometimes sure. somebody will, will spice something just to make it hot. But then sometimes they'll spice for legitimate flavor. And when you spice it for legitimate flavor, wow, like like the flavor. Oh, my God, the intensity and like the richness and the multi, like you said, the multifacetedness. Yes. Oh, my God, that's great food. You make a really good point, Max, because a lot of these like death sauces and stuff. Yeah. Like like the ghost pepper and stuff. Like I don't really see a actual use for them other than oh i did it for the challenge and i'm still alive and you can see me today <laughs> i didn't turn into the ghost <laughs> that was the pepper uh <laughs> they have you sign those those disclaimers when you're about to eat something yeah. that's that hot they have you sign those disclaimers like yeah. those are the types of peppers they, they do for like the one chip challenge and the stuff like that but the actual like like habaneros and jalapenos and those green like thai chili peppers and like they actually provide some sort of flavor profile that actually works with the dish they're in whereas if you're a carolina reaper someone manufactured that out of their like garage 
that they call a greenhouse and was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this has everything that every human will hate. <laughs> well, I just want to make sure that, um, yeah, well, people are really in pain. I mean, I think that's my goal. You know, I, I, and if you do it too, uh, it's good for you because you can tell your friends that you did it. They have, they, if Unless they've done it, they have no concept of how hot it is, but you, you'll know because you'll be hurting. You'll, you'll, your tongue will be burnt off. <laughs> Yeah, that, it's just you when you eat something. Oh my god, it lasts so long. It does. That's the thing is like it's like you can. There, there's a certain thing. I think that's the worst part about the spice is not like the initial because if if the hotness only lasted for like four minutes and you knew that it wasn't going to be too long, right? I think people would have a higher tendency to go spicier more frequently. But because Absolutely. the oils stick around, that capsaicin. <laughs> I drank I drank a half gallon of milk one time because I had a pepper that was too hot and I literally was just like sweating and, and leaking from orifices that I did not know should be or could be leaking. <laughs> the worst part is a lot of like the drinks don't even help. Like water, what you would think like, oh, water cools me down. No, it no. just spreads the spice around your mouth. <laughs> and it's like, it worse. it's like, oh, and what do we only have in the house today? Water? Oh, great. <laughs> Good thing I did this challenge today. <laughs> I just and if you're lactose intolerant, you like right. Well, cow's milk I think works pretty well. Yeah, I still feel there's a there's an element of oh, especially especially once you get into like the ghost pepper, that you're like oh well this just was like cold for a second and you have to drink like an absor- exorbitant amount of hence the half gallon. Yeah. Like, and at that point, you're like, oh, well, I already ate this thing, and now my stomach was sick before that. Now my stomach is sick because I literally drank from the cow's udder itself. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a delicate balance of I, why did I do this, and what's gonna, am I going to be okay after this? Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, talking about things that hurt, I'm going to start it off. We're going to change it up today. I'm going to do a little switcheroo. I'm going to get into the weekly lows, and we're going to bring the vibe down to the ground before we go positive. All right. Oh. <laughs> the lows. So my personal weekly low, as you can tell from my voice, this past weekend was Halloween. Happens to be one of my favorite holidays. It also happened to be the first time in a long time that I was the consumer of alcoholic beverages. And... Uh, yeah. well, my body was spooked to say the least and it is not ready for that and now i am facing the violent consequences of said consumption so enjoy spooky scary heinekens (laughs) sending shivers down your spine max they did shivers down my (laughs) spine and straight to bed (laughs) no it was a good weekend and you know good times it brought me back but it just not i'm not built to drink like that anymore Back in the day, you're getting old, Max. <laughs> you know, hey, getting old. Back in the day, I remember. Back in the days of the, the university, I I could really throw them down, as they say. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. Ah, uh, but no more. So we are here. So that's my personal weekly low. Uh, well, Max, what were you, was? I'm assuming this was a costume party. What were you quickly? Oh, oh, well, uh, day one, I was a gladiator, and yesterday. Uh, not really sure what I was. Like, I was like trying- Mel Gibson? Uh, no, not no. There's no association with Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought, uh, the, I thought the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> no, I 
Uh, no, like gladiator, like a like a gladiator, like you know, ancient Rome. <laughs> you were yeah, you were you were drinking you were drinking gladiator. We get it. Oh my god! <laughs> All <Mel> right. <laughs> uh, my second day, I was. Uh, I was trying to be a New Yorker. Like I wore like a beanie on the top, top, top of my head. I drew like a little like mustache, like a little yeah. steezy mustache. Um, yeah. I wore glasses. People thought I was logic. Uh, my roommate Paul was also <laughs> also dressed up the same way. We were we were like we got my go, my bit was that I would go around and be like, "What does my costume mean to you?" And I'd say, "Oh, like, like, oh you're very dead like, ass or bet or yeah." <laughs> yeah, you were very like existential. And, yeah, I don't know what it very, was. Very very Soho artsy type of Yeah, it was yeah, there was like I was wearing like a flannel, really tight jeans and then like big ass boots. It was it was weird. <laughs> I will say you come up with some good costumes. Oh, thanks, Ray. You do. You have you have a good knack for like esoteric like but also people kind of understand it, so it's like a reference when you actually get it rather than mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I'm just going to be a nurse." Which I'm assuming you've also been in your time as well. A nurse? Yeah. Uh, you know, I haven't been a nurse yet. <laughs> Maybe you got to try it next year. <laughs> you know, I went, to, I went to a party yesterday where just about everybody at the party was a dental student or current dentist. Um, so I was the dumbest one there. But <laughs> I'm assuming, were they dressed up as dentists? That's what I was going to say. Nobody. I, I'm impressed because nobody nice. copped out and went in scrubs. Nice. Everybody had their own costume. So I love that. I love that. It, honestly, it probably like they, they probably got sick of it, too. Like you wear every day for like 12 hours and you're like, oh, my God, I just want to get into normal clothes. <laughs> they probably exactly. just came in with like jeans and a T-shirt and they were like, this is my costume because my everyday clothes are my scrubs. <laughs> Please. I want to feel denim. <laughs> All righty. So, yes, my sports low. If anybody this week watched Thursday night football. Mm. Um, yeah, it was a that's a, just, it was a good game. It was a it was a really good game. It was very mm-hmm. exciting. There was a lot of jumping up and down. There was a lot of like, oh my god! Yeah, the Green Bay Packers faced off against the Arizona Cardinals, and it was a great, great, intense matchup. And these are two of the top teams right now. Um, you're looking out two two potential like winners for their conferences. Um, for sure. So Arizona at the time was undefeated, seven and zero. Impressive start to the season. Mm-hmm. And then Green Bay was six and one. Uh, they have MVP Rodgers at the helm. It's just, you know, versus the Cardinals with we talked about their offense last episode. Just really, really solid team. Uh, it came down to the wire. And at the last second, the, the, the second to last play, Kyler Murray was hit very hard. Uh, and he came down. He was like limping. It was weird. And then the next yep. play, he threw an interception because he threw to a receiver who wasn't looking. Now, I'm trying to figure out. Because apparently on the left side of the field, they were running routes. So I'm trying to figure out if it was Kyler's mistake or the receiver's mistake. Because the receiver didn't look, but Kyler threw to the opposite side. It felt weird because it felt like A.J. Green had no clue. No idea. The ball was coming to him and he hadn't like gotten like he hadn't turned his head around and he hadn't finished the route. He was blocking. He was just blocking. Yeah, right. Which it felt like it was just a bad play to begin with. But A.J. Green, I feel like. It should have at least kind of turned around to figure out what was happening after he made his turn because he he literally blocked into his route and the and Rasul Douglas, the cornerback on that play, like ran the route for him and made an, an incredible catch. I thought it was a really great catch to stick his hand out there 
It kind and, of bobbled, and he, yeah, he caught. And then yeah. he got his feet down, and I was like, "Oh, that!" Like it looked kind of weird. I was like, "Did he catch that?" And then I was like, "Holy crap, he caught that!" And I was like, "What is and AJ Green doing?" <laughs> <laughs> so it was really weird, yeah. But I didn't actually see what the, what was happening on the other side, Max. Did you see? So I think, I think, I think there was there was two. Hopkins was out, um, yeah. but I think it was. I think Kirk was in. I they might have thrown Ertz back in, mm. um, and I think there was just like two little like quick like go up and then dash back. Okay, you know, like just to like and then and then the yeah, one of them yeah, was like a, routes, like yeah. a one of them was like a streaming uh, along like the back end of the end zone. I think I, yeah. I don't don't hold me to this. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Yeah, um, but they they were they were like they were clearly was a play design, and I think Kyler like I, he he must have panicked. He, I think he must have panicked. I think it, I really think that like he got hit so hard in the last play. Because yeah. when you see him get up and he starts like limping, you're like, "Oh God, oh God!" So, and the Air- the Arizona offense on that last drive was rolling too. They started on like the half yard line, almost got safetyed, almost got safetyed, and then like we're just chugging down the field, and then te- almost to be twelve seconds and be, you know, ten yards away from a from a touchdown to win to, the game. To win the game is pretty impressive, considering throughout the game they were not great like hopkins was their Three leading receiver yeah yeah and hopkins was their leading receiver he was out for most of that game if i don't think i don't think people knew like remember that he <clears throat> he uh didn't he like played a couple plays and then he went back into the sideline and he wasn't there for like almost of a, a full quarter and then he comes back for a play and he had that one big catch but none of the other receivers kind of got open enough throughout that play. They kind of, you know, kept going with the running backs. Like James Conner had two touchdowns. Edmonds had a touchdown. It felt like Edmonds, he got rocked on one of those plays too. And he, he able, he was able to come back the next play. I don't know. I feel like they're getting dinged up here and there. Hopkins is kind of hurt. Chase Edmonds is kind of hurt. Murray's kind of hurt. Like maybe have something to do with it and, you know, could linger on, but, who knows? At least you know that they have enough like to keep going. Just seems kind of like what I was saying before. The second half is coming and, you know, if Kyler isn't fully healthy and, you know, the team isn't kind of rolling on all cylinders, then you can kind of get games like this where they kind of get stagnant. And- uh, yeah, yeah. I Well, OK. Well, hey, 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 slow down there. I said I said I said it in the beginning of the season. I said I know Kyler you Murray did. in the second half last year was not the Kyler Murray that he was in the first half last year. So we'll have to I see if, if learning the same moments thing he's grown. Yeah. He's grown as a player. Yeah, straight I I just I I looking at him this year, we already we can we can say confidently that he's better this year than he was last year. For sure, for sure. And I think part of that is going to be his longevity and pacing throughout the season. I mean, yeah. As long as he doesn't lose his run game, as long as he really doesn't get hurt. And he doesn't lose his run game, and he keeps making those like great decisions because he has everybody who can get open. Yeah, and I I really can't believe I know we talked about this last week again too, but adding Zach Ertz, like what oh, just what a great pickup for them. It was yeah, it's very he already has two fluid. touchdowns. Yeah, 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 and he's he's able to get into the middle of the field. He's I, Kyler Murray sneaky likes his tight ends. Like Max Williams is one of those targets that he would look for in the red zone and Zach Ertz is a red zone target. He doesn't have to do much on this team too. He doesn't have to be, his number has to be called very little 
uh, compared to what it was in in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. <laughs> but it was like like he was literally the only guy. Him and Goddard were literally the only guys. So it makes sense that he likes where his positioning is and that he can play his game being covered by a like a halfway decent linebacker like he can beat those so it's just about it's just about kyler murray at this point he has everything at his disposal now there should be no reason to to have games like he did yesterday or sorry thursday where you know he didn't really play that great two interceptions no touchdowns he didn't run that often on the green bay defense which is not great like they have decent front seven options but they're not really that good especially in the secondary they're not great other than Jair Alexander it felt yeah, like a winnable well, game I I I agree I mean it was a crazy like almost comeback and it was really really exciting yeah Green Bay needs to learn if they want to like focus up and get ready for the playoffs mm-hmm. they need to learn how to finish in the end zone oh my gosh yes we talked about they this are next. one of the worst we talked about this before but they are they seem like one of the worst converting teams when it comes to like red zone like possessions it's insane it was really bad on thursday too there was they had to have had three or four chances in the red zone and they kicked two field goals and then they got stopped on fourth down too so i was literally, literally aaron Rodgers had had a throw that was deflected yeah oh my God. bad on a rollout which is like his bread and butter. He rolls out. He finds the guy, gets the defense off kilter because they have to uh, cover for longer than they do. And then he just picks it. You know, he just picks their pocket. Right. It felt like, <laughs> I mean, a part could, of it too. Do was, it literally, Shreyas, if, <laughs> if they moved, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they need to do because like throughout the, like the, his entire offensive possessions throughout the entire field, he's chopping it up. Yeah. He's chopping it up. He's finding his guys. He's making great throws, great plays. He, he even ran a little bit. <laughs> the the yeah. mean face that's come out of it. Um, <laughs> you see 11 missed calls from your boss. <laughs> <laughs> he has the, the helmet up on his head and his eyes are bulging. Yep, that's a good one. <laughs> and then the hands out meme. That one's a good one too. It's it's a great, yeah. But <laughs> they have options. Like they have options. I know on Thursday, a, a lot of it was you didn't have Adams, you didn't have MVS, you don't have Lazard, right? So you're you're really counting on the the backs and the tight ends and you know whatever you have of this makeshift wide receiving core to 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 come up with a win against a really solid defense. Like this is one of the best defenses in the league right now, the Cardinals defense, which is you know I couldn't have said that coming into the year, but. They were rolling like like they could not stop AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. AJ Dillon, four point nine yards a rush. Aaron Jones, three point he had four four yards a rush and he had a touchdown. Plus he had seven catches out of the backfield. So they could not stop like the quick pass and just running it down their throat. But then it felt like they were tossing it to Oprah Winfrey or whoever the heck Winfrey is. <laughs> on uh, uh, who like like uh, insert snoop dog meme who and then robert tunyon gets hurt right he tears his acl midway through the game so that's not only it doesn't hurt you for that game it now hurts you in the future because aaron Rodgers, although he doesn't really use his tight ends as much he likes a security blanket of robert tunyon like 
Robert Tunyon's a decent tight end. Like now he doesn't have that. Now he has uh, Josiah Deguara, who was so confused. Like these are all practice squads players. <laughs> like there are times <laughs> where they, I think, I don't know if you saw the delay of game, Max, in the red zone, but they were on third down. They were, they were right near, they were right near the, the finish line and Deguara comes in and he's like, what the heck? Where am I supposed to go? And all these plays are like confusing the heck out of him and they get a delay a game. They use all their timeouts with like six minutes left in the fourth. I was like, wow, they are screwed. Like the fact that they are able to, you know, figure out a way to get out of that game was insane because they're playing with bona fide scrubs. Like, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> it was kind of insane. So, you know, props yeah. to the Packers. All right, well, that is a long-winded way to share our lows, but that really was our lows this week. Shrey, let's turn things around. Let's be positive. What's good in the world, in your world, in the sports world? It's good vibes. The Weekly Highs. Yes, let's start with my world. As you said, Max, Halloween this weekend, and I had a a different Halloween. Most of it was candy-related. Um, it gave me an opportunity to stock up on candy, although I do it throughout the year and I just buy candy. But now I don't feel guilt afterwards. So I can yeah. go to Walmart. I can go to Walmart <laughs> and everyone else is buying candy. Normally, like I'm the only one in the candy aisle in Walmart <laughs> and, I'm, and people walk by me like going, hmm, do I want the chocolate covered pretzels today or do i want the white chocolate reese's mini cups today Hmm, what an interesting choice i have (laughs) so that's usually me on like a wednesday in july but now i am you know free to buy all the candy that i want because other people are around me doing the same thing and then the best part is the after halloween candy sales because then they they come half price. No one wants like the big bags of candy or, you know, even like the little family packs and stuff. And I can just kind of freeze those and then they don't really go bad. Like candy, if you freeze them or you refrigerate them, they stay pretty like a long time. So I would say, yeah. Yeah. So especially if you freeze them, like they don't really go that bad. So now I can just kind of like stock up, you know, have a little stash here and there, you know, put a little bit here and there and, be like, mm-hmm. oh wow, I have a Butterfingers today. Wow, this is great. And I'll I'll be good until the next year. So Well, good, Shay. I'm glad that you got your little secret candy stash. <laughs> oh, you have to. You have to. As an adult, I feel like it is a necessity to have a secret candy stash somewhere. <laughs> it just it just makes life so much sweeter. Oh, <laughs> nice. That's that's cute. That's sweet. Thank you, Shrey. Okay. All right, everybody. I'm, I'm, All right, I'm, good bowing. Night, I'm bowing to my mic right now. So. All right. Good night, America. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. That, that was a good vibe, Shrey. Thank yes. you. What about, what about less parts? Yes. Max, and this is something we're going to kind of delve into as the meat and potatoes of our Oh, yes, the meat and potatoes of our cast today. (laughs) (laughs) I'm part Irish, so that's okay, question mark? (laughs) In parentheses? (laughs) Maybe. I'm checking on that. Um, The NBA, Max, has been kind of a revelation in that they've brought into question this year the new non-basketball moves in 
a shooting motion, a non-shooting motion in an effort to draw fouls. They've brought into these rules anything they're they've t- they're taking out anything that's non-basketball to kind of speed up the game, you know, not let the offensive player just go have like full overpowered throughout the season and kind of, you know, free throws aren't going to be like a like a big factor in basketball this year and that's what people felt like wow this was actually a big change right but at the end of the day you had to kind of see it in practice mm-hmm. for you to be like okay yeah they did this but will the refs actually look at that situation now and say no that is not a foul james harden stop doing that you will not get that foul or no steph curry you can't lean back into the individual and try to get a shooting foul. like will they do that and for they're they're being really good about it and it's really for for me max and i know you've talked about this too it's improved the the level of play the watchability of the sport Mm -hmm. absolutely overall like i really like it overall yeah shrey is like i could not have said it better myself absolutely uh really really a big fan you know we 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 talk about when you play basketball and when you watch basketball there's this thing and it's called an nba foul mm-hmm. an nba foul typically most common i would say is that up fake and jumping into your defender i've played pickup games where kids will call that and they'll try to do that mm. you could be straight up and it it like you just said, it improves the watchability of the game so much because now you don't have superstars, role players, or anybody trying to upfake into their defenders and then getting a cheap shot off. That was one of the worst, just just things to see and worst experiences because you're like, oh my goodness, like like you got stuck on this play, you couldn't make a good shot, so you 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 cheaped out and you went to the line. Yeah, it's and so it, annoying. And, and now to see less of that rule. Because it was an actual role, right? And you could get away with that. Yeah. And the same thing. So they they added, just for people's reference, they added to, like, they, they described the, the non-basketball movements as the shooter leans or launches into a defender at an abnormal angle. So that's, mm-hmm. again, like up faking, and then you jump into them and try to get a shot. Up. Oh, the, that happened all the time, too. I think not just stars, but there are so many players throughout the league that could get away with that type well that's of what i'm saying and it's that's the easiest exactly. one to get away with as a basketball player that's what i'm saying and that's what i was describing as the nba nba foul is like you mm. just like you up fake and then you just jump into somebody the, you know who's the, really good at that chris paul he yeah, was yeah. Fun, he was phenomenal steph curry too, steph curry too. Uh, steph curry too but chris paul because he does those mid-ranges and his height he's not tall right so his ability to kind of quickly pump fake and then push himself into the individual he got it every time and it was so like as a fan you're like wow he gets it every time but now that you look back at it considering what the league is right now you're like wow he got it every time this is kind of insane that yeah. you can't get it now so go ahead yeah. keep going the um uh the second one is the offensive player abruptly veers off off his path sideways oh, or backwards into a defender so it's again the same thing where like i just watched a clip where it's steph curry he drives in for a mid-range his defenders behind him he jumps back into his defender and then gets a shot off it, it was big because you it's one of those things because you know as an offensive player you can kind of ward off guard off once you've beat the player off the dribble you know he's trailing behind you so if you can move backwards, they'll call it on that guy because 
the defender because you've already beat him and that he's entitled to that space. So they think, oh, the defender is in the space because he got beat and he tried to get back. So I'm glad they took this out because it's totally on the offensive player. Yeah, absolutely. The third one is the shooter kicks his leg up or to the side at an abnormal angle, which we've seen that before. We've seen people kick out or kind of like jump forward in a weird way, you yeah. know, like with just their legs. And all of a sudden the defending player will get called for an infraction. I saw somebody get called for a flagrant because they're like, oh, they took away their shooting space, even though the shooter jumped so far forward. And that's yeah. not their normal jump shot. And especially I feel like since the Zaza rule was laid out, right? Uh refs were more vigilant of the fact of the feet so anything that was like oh they hit the feet and the feet like were tangled up within the offensive player got the benefit of the doubt and so the offensive player can now say hey if they're gonna call anything regarding my feet in like this certain radius why don't i knowing that even if this defender is going up and down if i can kind of you know put my foot out there a little bit. The ref doesn't really see it from this certain angle. I can do it in situations. It's so easy to just get it out there because of that, that precedent that was set with the Zaza rule. So. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the last, the last bit is the uh, offensive players off arm hooks, the defender often Mm. in the process of attempting a shot in a non-basketball manner. So Kyle Lowry, the first thing I think of with this rule is Kyle Lowry. He does. I think of, he does it. He does it a lot, but I think of, one of the biggest superstars to ever do this and to do it consistently, James uh, Harden. Part yes. of the way that he plays, and he's even broken it down, is when he gets somebody who's guarding them with an arm, which typically will happen, he will intentionally hook that arm, mm. and as he goes up, he'll bring it up, and he'll get a foul 95% of the time. And like now, underneath arms, he's so good at that too. Where he's like so good at The arm's already out, and he, put, he shoots literally underneath the, the defender's arm, which is like... <laughs> crazy it's crazy and in 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 some ways you could be like oh i can respect that because it's cool because you're intentionally trying to do it you're manipulating the rule book but at the same time as a fan and watching basketball for basketball you're like oh my god oh my god so now that james harden can't do that james harden has been down bad and had a fairly for in terms of his standards had a fairly slow start to the season so max uh just to add on to that right now james harden is the 15th ranked player in terms of free throws attempted per game. Okay. Do you okay. wanna do you wanna guess when the last time James Harden was lower than second in free throws attempted per game? Do you want to guess what year that would have been? Oh, uh what year did he come into the league? <laughs> <laughs> I think he came in in two thousand nine. I'm gonna say two thousand and eleven. You're exactly correct to the 2011 12 season yeah yep james harden was the 11th ranked player in terms of free throws attempted per game he was still in okc for his entire houston career james harden has never been lower than second in free throws attempted per game is unbelievable 10 on 10 in 2013 not uh, 9.1 in 2014, 10 in 2015, 10, 10, 10, <laughs> 11, 11 last year. It's kind of insane, right? That's his bread and butter. That's how he gets most of his points. He's a 
he's an 85 to 88 percent free throw shooter at any time right so not only does he get to the line 11 12 times a game he's making 10 to 11 of those free throws every game I just like, can't believe I I can't I can't believe and in in right you've seen I mean people used to clown him when he was on the Rockets especially for the way that he would go into the game and people would be like dude James Harden dropped 44 points tonight but 25 of those points came from the line and it's insane it's insane it, to me that he was able to get away with that and get away with that for so long I mean you just said years almost, almost a, a decade almost a decade of of drawing fouls unbelievable plus like he's a he's a gifted scorer right so oh absolutely yeah so him him without the free throws he's still averaging like 20 to 25 points a game easy but the fact that he was able to make 10 free throws on top of that on top of the twos and threes that he already takes that's where you get that's where he becomes unstoppable because he's he's getting points while the clock is stopped right so he's able to get like he's able to change the course of games because that's an extra 10 points that the other team probably will never see because they don't have James Harden on their team. So that's why the Rockets, I felt like not only was their brand of basketball kind of like so high scoring and off, like, you know, increase in pace because James Harden was just rushing down the, uh, rushing down the court to get his foul. But it made NBA basketball not watchable because the games took way too long. If someone, if one person is getting 10 free throws a game, think of what all the people around him getting, you know, four or five, six, maybe in a game, right? Especially if you have, you know, multiple stars, you may have two that are getting above nine free throws a game. That's just for a casual fan. You're like, Oh my God. Especially well, nobody. Yeah. Nobody wants to watch. Nobody wants to watch a game at the line. I don't, oh. I'm not here to watch people shoot free throws. I mean, people have even suggested like just bringing it down to like one free throw that counts for two points. Like I just things to like speed it up. So we're not there for so long. I mean, you see Giannis who's at the free throw line forever. And, and, and mm-hmm. you're right about the pacing of the game. When you're a superstar and a game gets close and all of a sudden you're just going to the line, going to the line, going to the line, you just slowed the whole game down. And now all the adrenaline that people had when you were going back and forth, like wears off, people get cold. And then the whole game is completely different. Right. Same things. Same thing when refs intervene, too, and they change the Mm. pace. It's just hard. And a lot of those games that are like really messed up, I won't like, yes, the, the, the stat sheet will count them as a win or a loss. But in my mind, I won't for a particular team. Right, it's because it's tough to say like, oh, that team that got jobbed was so much for like they get the L, but they're like, they have to be pretty close, especially if it was a close game and it was decided by a free throw or something. I mean, like, how many games have we seen that they're decided by a pair of free throws, and then the clock is at like a second left? You have already don't have any timeouts, so you're seeing people chuck the ball across the court to to get some sort of shot off and it's just like it's pointless at that point you're like oh it takes away all the suspense there's no game on the court we talk about it with baseball right there's not enough variety of ways to win a game if everything is go for home run or strike out right Mm -hmm. the same way with basketball if if you're kind of seeing all these games end in free throws or and in a foul or something like that you're like well like where is like the game winning shot based on you know 
good defense or where's the or is the, you know what I mean where's the where, where's the game winner on good defense like a like a block or a steal or you know a good closeout like there's not enough ways that a game can end that you're like wow that was a really good way that's something I haven't seen before so <laughs> yeah like I'm being honest like that's that's what this rule has brought in that there are more ways to win than just going like getting fouled at the end of a game which I really mm-hmm. like Mm-hmm. I to- I totally agree. I totally agree. And I just, yeah, it brings it brings a more physical breed of basketball. That's I the think. thing from from watching games and what I'm seeing now is is guys not in a bad way, and I don't think in a, like a violent way, but guys are getting a little bit more choppy. They're playing tougher, and now you see these guys have to play through contact. And again, I just bringing this back to like the relatability. Like if you've ever played basketball before, whether you played in high school and college, outside at you know the park you know, at the, at the rec center or just wherever, like, you know, that you have to finish through contact. The best players that you play with can finish through contact. People sure. will get choppy fouls. If you're calling your own fouls, it's always disputed. Sometimes you get them. Sometimes you don't. And now to see the people, the pros have to deal with this stuff. It, it brings the relatability for somebody who's played basketball before. And it also like, it brings respect up for certain players who are still able to get their shots. AKA it's- Steph Curry. Exactly. I think from a standpoint of, yes, like we've all played rec league or we've all played, you know, pick up and you, you don't want to get into a situation where you're like, keep continuing to call fouls. So you have to say, nah, I'm good with that or whatever. Like sometimes people come up to you too, if they're nice and they'll be like, you want to call that. Like if you're, especially for people like you don't want to be in that kind of situation. The pros have been kind of coddled for so long yeah with these calls yeah that to me like i like like even though i know if i were to play basketball outside right now or something i wouldn't get like i wouldn't want to call those calls or i wouldn't want you know what i mean like i'd want the game to keep going you don't i'm right, programmed you don't, yeah yeah i'm programmed watching the sport because i've seen the pros get called for so long that i'm like wow that's a foul like that's mm-hmm. how insane like uh, i'm wired to think Wow, in a normal year, like if it wasn't this year, Tatum is getting that call or Bradley Beal is getting that call. Harden's getting that call always. LeBron is getting that call. But now yeah. I, like, I see that and I'm like, they're not getting that call. That should be and a it's foul. It's nice to see him too. Yeah, well, it like, should that's be a what foul I'm by last year's standard. Yes. Yeah. But realistically, like, no, it's great to see somebody like drive hard to the rack, get a little bit of contact, finish the call and yes. just have them get up and run back yes. and have the team just get up and regroup and run back. Man. And I think, like you said, it adds more variability yes. to the way that the game is played, because now all of a sudden the way that you're right, like somebody like maybe you were expecting a whistle, so you didn't go as fast. And now your transition is a little weird or same thing for the offense and defense. It just makes it a little bit more different. Yeah, which I, I like. I feel like defense was severely like restricted and it's like restricted in a lot of sports, right? Cause you want to see these te- these, these leagues want scoring. No one wants people, a game. People will still score. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like you have the talent, right? So you don't, you want to show the two way talent versus just the offensive talent. I feel like just from being a fanatic of basketball, I want to see more two-way players. That's what I get excited about are players that like Jimmy Butler's and, you know, as much as we, you know, like rag on Gobert and Simmons, they're really good defensive players. 
I want to see more of that in the league. Like I, I, I don't want someone to just be like scoring 30 points and they get all the accolades. I want the people that are good on ball defenders, like, you know, Avery Bradley in his prime types that also get some sort of recognition because they play a style of basketball that has an effect on the game. It's not like all these teams can just score 130 and win every time because they just get all the calls anymore. So, yeah, I, I, in, in, in the, the, the lower rates of complaining are also great. Oh man, because no, I think, see- I think I think the rates of complaining are there. It's just there. <laughs> you 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 put it out of your mind because they can't get the calls anymore. Well, exactly. And so it. so so no no no. You're 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 right about that and how like people will still do it. But in my yeah. mind, it's now it's like you got you're gonna have to over the over this entire season. You're gonna have to start just shutting up. Just shut mm-hmm. up. Like you're not going to get the call. It's not a call anymore. So you can throw your hands up. You can practice LeBron. You can practice the, huh? What? (laughs) You know, you can practice the James Harden hands in front of him shaking. You can practice the Tatum whining. You can do all that, but you're not going to get the call. Also on this too, Tatum needs to learn how to stop being soft and actually get to the rack. (laughs) It's kind of insane. I was watching the Washington game, right? And so you already saw Washington like crap on the Celtics, the Celtics in the last game, yeah. right? The yeah. first game that they played at the end of Dog, the game. Dogged. Mont- Montre- Montrezl took us and just... Just, oh. just spanked us, right? Like him him and, and, and Dinwiddie. I was going to say Dinwiddie were, was also a bucket. We're really good. And then in this game, right? This went into double overtime, the the last game they just had. And Tatum in the, in the first overtime... And you know it's coming every time, too. You're like, oh, my gosh, there's five seconds left. You can just see it in your head. The sidestep pull, uh, sidestep jumper from the baseline BS that he always has to do because, like, you know what I mean? Like, he has to take down the clock to 0.01 seconds so that he can, you know, get his buzzer beater, Taco Bell buzzer beater, highlight reel, whatever BS, right? So... And That's, it happens. It's not again. how you win games. It's not yes. how you win games. It's where is the where is the quick pass? Where is the drive and kick with his game? And that's the one thing. It's like he is so focused on making a highlight real play or making it for his stats and for, in, in filling his stat sheet. It's like a brand move in his thing. Every basketball move he has to do has to be like it's getting a brand deal. It has to be on an NBA ad. It has to be, you know getting him a Tostitos ad or something like it feels like that way. It doesn't feel like he's making basketball moves for the betterment of anyone else around him. It feels like all of them are so that he can level up in outside of the outside of the court. Like that's all it, all it feels like to me. Yeah, I, I agree. I just that we're not going to talk about it today because as the Celtics continue on their downtrend, I mean, we're two yeah. and four right now embarrassing start to the season but it's a part it's, it's a part more of the same yeah it's a part of this conversation too he's not getting calls too right him and bradley beal oh my god if you can really tell in this last game i watched this whole game fully you could really tell in this game how much jason tatum has learned from bradley beal because bradley beal does the same thing now where it's like yeah before he was scoring 33 and he was getting to the line you know n number of times and making all of them right but now they just look the same. Him and Tatum look literally the same. They don't get any calls. They take horrendous, like step back, fadeaway two pointers, weird shots, yeah. weird shots. They're r- literally like ramming themselves into the into the baseline so they can throw up a a horrible layup, right? Try to get a call. 
it doesn't work. They can't get into the paint anyway. So it's like at that point, if you're not going to gain muscle to get into the paint so that you can actually get an actual foul, like an actual shooting foul, then what's the point in working out that much if you're not going to use it? Like, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, I thought Bradley <laughs> Beal was a much better player, like just in terms of like a, being a professional scorer. But well, I don't. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know if I would go to say that he's bad. No, he's not bad, but he's he, like you can see how free throws have really like Helped put him into game, a stratosphere. I see. I see. But now I feel like all those star players that don't get the calls and they're kind of one in the same in a sense where. Well, this is you know uh, Ishray, I mean? I'm just going to interrupt you. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to interrupt you real quick. And so yeah. now you can see the issue that we were having this offseason with what the Celtics were doing and these potential like salary cap money moves so that we could save money for a superstar with mm. the, the prime target being Brad Beal. Do you people really want Brad Beal still? Not just that. Do you think he'll make a difference? Like exactly. That's the question. A He's small guard who's either. not a great defender who only wants his shots. What do you have? Kemba 2.0, but it's, he's like slightly better at scoring. It, yeah. No, it's that would that would be dumb. If we're not saving up for a big man superstar, not worth it. Like he's a phenomenal scorer, but I feel like all these stars are getting exposed. The Hardens, the the Beals, the Tatums. They get exposed because they're not really getting hacked as much as they think they are. Like if you like Max, I'm looking yeah, at the seriously. list of free throw attempts, right? Nine out of the f- top 15 in free throw attempts per game are power forwards or centers. So it's really coming down to the big guys that are in the paint, in the trenches, right? The Giannis's that drive to the middle of the floor and actually get hacked. And the Embiid's, the Gobert's, Adebayo, Durant, like, those are those are guys that like play inside out. They get the calls. So if you want to get calls, play inside out. Don't expect shooting fouls from, you know, 20 feet from the basket like anymore. You're not going to get that anymore. You're not going to like that's what was happening. That's why all these guards were able to be at the top of the free throw attempts uh, per game, like, you know, leaders list. Yeah. And now now it's all the big guys now. So you can see that there's been a definite shift. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, we will see what happens with this realistically. Um, it, but I, I agree that at the end of the day, we'll take the positives from it. And we'll say yeah. that basketball is more, in a lot of ways, enjoyable to watch now that we don't have to watch people just getting weird fouls. It's 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 great. The amount it's of great. outcomes, it's awesome. Yeah. It's great. All right. So before we end today's episode, we have a very spicy gauntlet for you today. Shreyas has disclaimed this one as one of the hardest yet. So we will see. Shreyas. Yes. Who we got? Well, Max, I really like this this division in that I feel like it's it's fairly improved. Right? If you looked at this division, say, four or five years ago, right? It, it probably, if we were to do a gauntlet back then, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have the same like, oh, like these are some good players or, you know, you would have been one easy start. Yeah, you would have probably like you would have sent someone to Home Depot immediately and then you would have been like, yeah, they obviously the other two are going to be benched. Right now you're like, okay, who am I starting? Who do you feel has the most potential? There's some actual options here, right? So we're going to do the NFC West. I really like this conference, Matt. Max, your your hometown team now is in this conference. So let's get to it. The Cardinals 
have Kyler Murray. The Rams have Matt Stafford. The 49ers have Jimmy G right now, but you can choose Jimmy G or you can choose Trey Lance, right? If you want to kind of make it a little difficult and use that little potential pick right there. And then the Seahawks have Russell Wilson. So oh. Max, I wanted to, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to, th- I wanted to let you know. I would choose if it were up to me. I would put Lance as the option for the 49ers, just kind of going forward. Not, so, not Jimmy G. I mean, I don't think he's in after this year. So this is kind of like their bridge year. If you like Lance from a standpoint of yeah, he has potential. I would put him in as a as the option. But if you want to use Jimmy G, that's up to you, Max. Where are we going wow. to start? Oh, uh, okay. Wow. You know, okay, I what what is my what's my criteria, Shrey? What's my focus? Mm. Am I am I looking for a team this year or am I looking for a team that's gonna last me the next three? Cause that's no, you, gonna determine who mm. is getting my my golden my golden egg, really. And, well, and for those you, of you who don't know, when we play the gauntlet, it is our yeah. version of start bench cut, where we mm-hmm. give one player the highest award possible, the golden egg. Two players get to sit on our bench, and mm-hmm. one player gets to go work at Home Depot forever. All right. So I, I think I think our criteria over the the past four or five gauntlets that we've done has been on a mostly on a right now basis. I would say we use potential if they haven't played enough yet, but you like what they're doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or you or or like you know that this isn't the guy that's gonna stay. Most of these guys, I would say Murray, Stafford, Wilson, are guys that are going to be here. Are going to be playing at a high level for th- uh, you know two or three years in the future, but I would start with current what you feel right now. Okay, and if you want right, I, know, I know what I'm to, doing yeah. to make your you make your pick. Go ahead. All right, <laughs> I, I know I what I'm doing all the time. I know I know what I'm doing. I know. What okay, I'm doing. we're good. Okay, let's do so, it. So for my bench, uh, Russ has got to go on my bench. Oh, okay. He's the first bench spot. He's my, uh, no, uh, okay. I'm not ranking bench spots. Okay. Gotcha. But, but he is, he is on my bench. Um, he, bench. it's, it's Russell Wilson. Uh, he's a great quarterback. He is, you know, injured, which is sad. Mm. Yeah. But you know, when he plays, he, he's, he's great. Um, he's really solid. And out of these guys, I, you know, he, he's up there. He, he's in the conversation for, you know, uh, do you think he's a hall of fame caliber quarterback? I think so. Yes, for sure. He's I, all I, th- I think so. I think so, too. Um, yeah, I think he'll be first ballot when it comes out. Yeah, for sure. Um, my other. Uh, OK, my starter, my golden egg. It's got to be. <laughs> there's no there's no there's no definitiveness here, but it's got to be. It's got to be Kyler. Oh, OK. And so what kind of put you over Stafford? Okay, so what kind of puts you above uh, Kyler, above Wilson and Stafford, and Jimmy G or Trey Lance? Well, Jimmy G, okay, yeah, Jimmy G, Trey Lance. They're they're uh, talking talking to 49ers fans. Uh, they don't they're not happy with Jimmy G. Yeah. So and how do they feel about Trey Lance? Do they have any same, hope? No, the same thing. They like both of them. They're just like <laughs> God, God. Every time I turn on the ah, oh, they just they're not having fun on Sunday. <laughs> Well, so what I work you, with. What I gotta say, actually, the top for you? 
Well, quick sidebar. I work, the yeah. people who I work with, I work with 49ers fans, Dolphins fans, and Kansas City fans. That is such uh, an are, eclectic Arizona fandom experience. Weird. No Cardinals fans. Um, and they're all they're all teams who are like not doing well. So just trying and to talk about And you're a Pats fan. So that's like I'm a Pats everywhere. Fan. It's, it's like every coast. It's, yeah, nobody, nobody's having a good time. So nobody's fun. <laughs> nobody's in a good mood on Mondays. You're like, hey, how was your Sunday? Yeah, pretty bad. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, Kyler over Matt Stafford. Um, right. We're and not judging base. And Wilson. Um, I, I, not that it's the potential thing, but there is. I factored that a little bit in. Kyler has the wheels. Kyler's making the, has the decision making. Kyler has the arm. He has, mm. you know, he's just an all around great quarterback. He's smaller for sure, but I don't think he's, I think he's shown us that size doesn't really play into the quarterback spot. I mean, he, he, he's an incredible athlete and he's gotten better every single year. I think he's going to continue to improve and he makes some crazy, crazy, crazy plays. Mm-hmm. And you see, too, he also has the resilience. I mean, I've seen when I went to the Cardinals game and then the Green Bay game, which, again, I, I'm pretty sure he's all right. There's no injury reports on him, but he'll get hit hard. You know, he doesn't he doesn't make too many mistakes, I would say, too. Like, he's pretty uh, he, he's pretty solid. Um, mm-hmm. And when he gets hit, he gets hit hard and he comes back. So, like I said, reiterating that he's a great athlete. Um, really solid player. I just, I think in, if you're looking right now and you're looking into the future, he is, he's a stud. Matt Stafford is also a great quarterback. He's really, really solid. His arm is great. His decision-making is great. Yeah, he can, he can run a little bit. He can run a little bit. Not as, not as fast as Kyler. Like (laughs) Kyler can literally like juke people out and run all the way around you. Um, But he's, he's another great quarterback And, and Russ, I can't, put any disrespect on his name it's just for me if i was to pick somebody mm-hmm. i'm gonna pick kyler and in and, and the 49ers whoever your quarterback is you can i'll see you at home depot i'll see you when you're getting your two by fours my two by fours for my home improvement off the uh off the dock off the bay so yeah i don't know trey how do you feel about that i'm i'm interested because i i i, I expected you to pick kyler just kind of in a in wow a standpoint wow you <laughs> no, think not, that not, I, okay yeah no, just not, because i live here okay no 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 yes yes no 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 yes no <laughs> no 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 more <laughs> more more because i think we we tend to pick the younger guy especially when they're playing really well for me though i i i feel like people underrate now in this age of the running quarterback the mobile quarterback not even kind of running like if you're just kind of getting out the scrambling and being able to make plays with your feet people underrate russell wilson in a sense that i think a lot a lot of that has to do with his like his not not his options in a sense but kind of the scheme that they run in seattle they're so run heavy and they use their running backs over Wilson, which is good because it, he doesn't get hit as often, but they also don't have a great offensive line. And, you know, if I, if I remember correctly, at the beginning of last year, you know, the let Russ cook was because they put the ball in his hands and told him to make throws and he was able to make throws. So I think his arm is severely underrated. If it were up to me, 
and I had say one game and I had to pick who I needed to start for that one game, I'm picking Russell Wilson. I think he has. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I th- I thought we were okay, but but does that still stand? Does that still stand, Shreyas, with a season? Yeah, I okay. think I think the injury, like yeah, it's unfortunate, but I'm I'm taking that out of account and just looking at the talent for the season. If Russell Wilson was healthy, Seattle would be still a good team. I think though, the the scheme kind of takes away from what Wilson can actually do. Pete Carroll loves running Carson into the ground. And even though Carson, you know, he takes a step and he, you know, breaks a toenail and he gets hurt. And (laughs) like, and it's not up to him. He's a tough guy, but he's like, he's just, he just gets hurt a lot. And they have like Rashad Penny. He's always hurt. Like they, but they use these guys, DJ Dallas. And they, I feel like if they were to put a little bit more on Russ and told him, Hey, we're going to be throw first. We're gonna we're gonna use Carson when we need him, knowing that he has an injury history. But if we can, you know, if we can shore up that offensive line and be throw first, like the league has gotten into, I feel like you would, I feel like people would really open their eyes, like they did at the beginning of last season, to what Russell Wilson can really do. And he doesn't take the egregious hit. He doesn't like. I feel like Kyler Murray is still in a young stage, like him, Lamar Jackson. They kind of take unnecessary, and Pat Mahomes, they kind of take unnecessary hits a lot where they're trying to make plays and they can, they can make those plays, but more often than not, they're taking an unnecessary hit after the fact that's not maybe not called all the time. They are like, ooh, that was, even though that was a roughing the passer, kind of a tough hit to take. Like, like right, with Russell right, right. Wilson, I feel like he's, he's at a point where he's been more mature. He's matured. Like, he's been in the league longer. I feel like I trust him not to take as many hits. Like, yeah, the thumb injury is unfortunate. Like, you don't expect that to happen all the time, especially to the throwing hand. But I don't see, like, if he had a good offensive line, I don't see him making the same risks that maybe these younger guys would. So I would take the older guy, and I would take the seasoned guy. So I'm going to start Russell Wilson. Okay. Um, And I'm putting, you know, Kyler is a bench spot immediately. I think he has all the same qualities that I feel I'd want from an athletic, you know, mobile quarterback. He has a cannon arm and he has, you know, he's able to spread the ball around. I feel like he makes good reads and yes, he has, you know, the young quarterback moments, but his ability to take a team far, I feel like even though they have a lot of talent, a lot of pressure is put on him to make those plays. They don't have great running game. They expect him to throw the ball and expect him to run, like, you know, get out of the pocket and make good good reads, whether I should run, whether I should pass in this in this certain standpoint. I trust him most of the time to make that right call. So I'm gonna put him as my bench spot. Okay. And then I'm putting Stafford there. I I feel like Stafford is one of those other one of those guys. He's been in Detroit for so long. You never really saw how tough of a guy he is. Like, right? People re- forgot that there was a there was a game at the end of the game. He got drilled and separated his shoulder, or dislocated his shoulder, and he played the he he played the game and he and he won. He 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 led a game winning drive in that game too. And then he came out like you could see he was like, like grabbing at his shoulder. So he's a tough kid. 
kid. Like right. He's young, like he's younger than yeah. No, but he's a tough guy. So I, I really like him. And, you know, now that you see some talent around him, you can see what he can do with an actual team that's not the Detroit Lions that doesn't, you know, vomit all over themselves every game. It was ridiculous how <laughs> how horribly, like, not just like luck they have no luck on 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 their side at any time they're just like a very like if you want to think about sad sports team like oh you're gonna go into this game (laughs) and regardless of if you play well or if you play horribly something bad is gonna happen to you that is the detroit lions in a nutshell so yeah and matt stafford was the best player on that team second best if calvin johnson was there like he's that type of player right so now to see him on a good team with the Rams, I got to put him there because he's never really changed. And yeah, yeah, the, that's well, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a great point. And and like I said, he's a, he's a really really solid quarterback, and he's he's getting a lot of stuff done with the Rams. He knows he he knows how to play the game of football. And I six think and just, one is a great start. It's a it's a great start. Like that that's a team with Jared Goff having been there. You knew that the limiting factor was Jared Goff. Like you looked around, you were like, "Man, this team had we have, Robert they Woods, have everybody, Cooper yeah. Cup, Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks, and and who was making all the mistakes? It was Jared Goff, right? Yep. Like, like, and the that defense is so good too, right? So it's like they always had a great defense, they always had a great offense, but Jared Goff was just not that guy, right? You're, buddy, you're not that guy. Like, he's not that guy. You're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy, pal. So, and then when I when I think about my bench, like, or when I think about who who's going to um, who's going to be in Home Depot, it's tough to say. Like, but even though I I kind of like Trey Lance, he's just so raw, and I see I see that he's just he he doesn't have the trust, like he he doesn't have the confidence from that first start, and how could you right? You get put in because of an injury, not because they want you to be put in and then jimmy g is just a he's just he's just not enough to win you a game anymore like that defense was so good in 2019 that jimmy g just had to be a a good a good player like he had to be a a decent player yeah he had to be a game manager and we love game manager i love them because they do what they're told right but now when you're not a great game manager and you're also not a great quarterback anymore and you're getting hurt all the time. Like you have to be one. <laughs> you have to be a good. You have to be a great. You have to be either a great quarterback, a great game manager, or you have to be like you know available and and decently reliable. He's neither anymore. So, oh, sad. <laughs> it's kind of sad because you know that was Belichick's guy. That's that's the guy he put his chips on. And then when Brady kind of said, "Hey, it's me or him," they they shipped him off. So, I. Uh, I feel for the kid because like he wants to he wants to play well and he has a decent attitude and they told him hey you're not going to be our guy but we want you to play like that's kind of a tough like situation at least he's getting paid but it's kind of a tough situation when you know that you have no future with the team you're playing with currently and they're telling you go out every week and play but Mm -hmm. he's just not he's just not a good prospect anymore he's it's been enough years to say hey this guy is not a prospect anymore this is what he is and he's not any much he's not better than Stafford Murray or Wilson so I got put him or Lance 
in in my cut category in my in my orange apron category okay all right well there you have it folks you have our picks let us know if you agree with them if you disagree with them i mean this one the top three are very like you could i mean you could argue for anybody i I think some people will actually give the golden egg to matt stafford um depending on who you talk to so yeah yeah i it's the the bottom is pretty clear but the top three is you i agree Shrey. that was that was not easy um so yeah so this has been another episode of amateur hour thank you everybody for being here thank you for listening if you've made it this far you are an absolute real one this is a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports i'm your host max along with shreyas and we will see you next time peace